First King chapter uh, 18, uh, we're going to begin in verse number 17, going to read a little bit, then I want you to hold your Bibles in that place because we can go back and read some more. Uh, but there's some things I want you to show you in there this morning that I believe is going around in this world, in our church world. And I'm talking about church world. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about church world today, church people today. Let us stand. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? He said, Hey, ain't you the one causing all his problems? He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that, that, and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So I, Ahab went, sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto the, all the people and said, How long? I love this question. I love this question. How long halt ye between two opinions? How long are you going to wibble and wobble? How long are you going to spraddle the fence? How long are you going to stand like this? Is if Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people, and, I, and I, I, I see this, and it's happening in the church world today. And the people answered him not a word. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for each one that's here to heart. Lord, we pray for those who are not here. Keep your hand upon them. Keep them safe. Lord, bring them back to the next point of time. Lord, Lord, we pray that you open our hearts and receive the word that we need this morning. And Lord, I just pray that you empty myself and fill me with your righteousness. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. In our text right here, we find that this marks three and a half years since Elijah marched into the throne room of Ahab and pouring his skinny finger and his face and lifted up the other hand toward heaven and said, There will be no rain or dew from heaven. Until I say so at my word. Elijah prays and God locks up heaven. A great famine comes over the land for three and a half years. Uh, the vegetation dies. Uh, the livestock dies. Uh, people are parched. Uh, uh, the entire ground is cracked. Uh, foundation dries up. Streams dry up. And the rivers dry up. And the Bible said they were looking for Elijah. Looking for him. And there wasn't a region or a kingdom that Ahab had not sent people into to find this man Elijah and find out where he was hiding at. The Bible said Ahab had been looking for him and he would send to a king or a kingdom and he would make them say whether well, Elijah was there or not and he would make them say a pledge that Elijah was there or not. And Elijah was the number one wanted man. If he was watching the 6 o'clock news, his face would have been planted on the news. It says, uh, be on the lookout for this man. He is the number one most wanted man uh, in the world today. Uh, they had his picture named, uh, nailed up to the woods and trees and all that. Says, have you seen this man? If you've seen this man, please call 1-800. We've seen those things. But, but here in chapter 18, we find this man steps up and he issues a challenge. 
Just like you see in the movies, he walks up to Ahab and Ahab, I know you've been looking for me. I, I know you want me. I, knew, I know you think that I am the one that's troubling all the land that's going on in this land. I haven't done it, but it was the sins of you and your fathers. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to meet me on top of Mount Carmel. We're going to gather, have a, a showdown there. We're going to settle this thing once and for all. You can't write these scripts like they do in the movies. He said, we're going, to have a, and we're going to settle this for once and all and see who's in control, who's running the picture, who's calling the shots. Whether it be the Lord of God, Jehovah, or whether it be Baal of the prophets of Baal. So the Bible said they all gathered and obviously they were waiting on Elijah because in verse 20 it says now these uh, prophets had gathered at Mount Carmel and they were waiting on Elijah. In verse 21, and Elijah came unto the people. Can't you see it? On top of this hill gathered all these people, all the uh, 850 prophets of Baal and all the uh, Israel gathered on top of this mountain and they're waiting for Elijah. He hasn't showed up. They're waiting on him. Can you imagine the rumors that were going on? He was just full of hot air. He, he, he was just a big mouth. He was shooting off his mouth. He ain't going to show. He, he's got a coward streak. He's got a yellow streak running up down his back. He's not going to show up. But then they looked down old rocky side of the hill and said, there comes this old prophet of God walking up the hill. And he shows up. He comes walking up that hill right into the den of the lions this morning. The sole deliverer of God in the midst of all those backsliders and compromisers. The one man that would not turn left or right. He had made his mind up that he was going to serve God. The one man in the midst of the entire nation that had backslide. On the Lord, and he walks up into the midst of this den of wolves standing for God alone. You can't help but like this guy. You can't help but like this guy. Elijah, this morning, he's the man that said, I am going to live for God, whether anybody else does or not. I'm going to serve the Lord, whether it's popular or whether it be not. I'm going to serve God. I don't care if they're going to talk nice about me or bad about me. I'm going to live for God whether any man or anybody else does. I am going to serve God. And I love that question that the very first thing that Elijah said to the crowd in verse 21 before he first opened his mouth. He came to all the people and said, it looks at this crowd and is disgust with all what's going on in the nation. It made him mad. Now they have turned away from God and corrupted themselves. And he asked this question, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if it Baal, then follow him. And he sadly said, And the people answered him not a word. What a sad picture that is. What's the sad picture that when, when the, it's 
given to them point blank. You need to make sure who you're serving and make sure there's one that you want to serve. Whichever one it is, he's saying you need to make your mind up on whom you're going to serve. But they answered him not. The question is, how long halt you between two opinions? Don't live your Christian life half in and half out, up and down, back and forth. Just go ahead and make your mind up this morning. I'm just going to go ahead and make my mind up this morning. I am going to sell out. I'm not just getting in. I'm getting all the way in. I'm going to serve God with my body, with my soul, with my spirit. I'm not going to live for God with everything I've got. I've made my mind up. I've thrown my lot in with God. I'm not shifting between both sides. I am not straddling the fence. We need to say what Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15. If it seem evil unto you to serve God, choose ye this day whom you will serve. But for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I can't speak for anybody else in here. I can't speak for any other father. I, I can't speak for any other Christian in here, but I can speak for my house and as far as my house. We have made our minds up. There ain't no doubt in which direction I'm heading, uh, which direction I'm going. I'm not running with that crowd Monday through Saturday and running with this crowd on Sunday. I've made my mind up. I'm serving God and I'm not turning back. Just make your mind up this morning. James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. The problem with so many of our churches today, we're just like the children of Israel. Of chapter 18, 21, we have halt between two opinions in the church today. We, we don't want to lose God and lose the church because we know the truths of that. We have so much worldliness stuff on us in our lives that we enjoy it. We don't want to let go of neither. So I say you can't serve two masters. You can't hold to both sides. At some point in your life, you're going to have to make your mind up in which direction you're going to go. What is going to be this morning, I am not talking about just as far as being a Christian. I'm talking about making your mind up on what kind of Christian you're going to be today. I don't want to be the layout of seeing Christian. I, I don't want to be that contemporary Christian. The contemporary means that of the times. I, I don't want to be of the times. I don't want to be a, of this world. I don't want to look like that crowd, walk like that crowd, or talk like that crowd. I am looking for something different. I don't want a different type of worship. I'm not worshiping with that crowd. I've made my mind up. It will do you real good this morning too to make your mind up. You're going to be either for that side or that side. But I can tell you, you cannot serve both sides this morning. I look at the scriptures here. And study in chapter 18, 
there's three types of Christians or three types of people in this chapter here that you need to choose which one you want to be or which one you're going to be. You need to make your mind about it. Look here. First one we see there's a, there's the, in the text we see there's a phony Christian. Look at uh, verse number eight, chapter 18. Look at verse number 1. I, I want you to see this phony Christian. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah and in the third year saying, Go and show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went and showed himself to Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And Ahab called Obadiah, which was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. This boy said he feared the Lord greatly. That means that boy served God. He feared the Lord greatly. For it was so when Jezebel cut off the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah took an hundred prophets and hid them in a fifty in the cave and fed them with bread and water. And Ahab said unto Obadiah, Go into the land and to all the fountains of water and to all the brooks, preventure we may find grass to save the horses and the mules alive that we lose not all the beast. So they divided the land between them and passed throughout. Ahab went one way by himself and Obadiah went another way by himself. And Obadiah was in the way. Behold, Elijah met him, and he knew him, and he fell on his face, said, Art thou that my Lord Elijah? He answered him, I am. Go tell the Lord, because behold, Elijah is here. And he said, What have I sinned that thou wouldst deliver thy servant in the hand of Ahab to slay me? As the Lord God, thy Lord thy God liveth, there is no nation or kingdom whither thou, my Lord, have not sent to seek thee. When thou said he was not there, he took an oath of the kingdom of the nation. They all found thee not. And now says, Go tell the Lord, my Lord, behold, Elijah is here. And when it came to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee, whether I know not, and when I can come and tell Ahab, and he cannot find thee, he shall slay me. But I, servant, fear the Lord from my, from my youth. Was it not told by the Lord that I did when Jezebel slew the prophets of the Lord, how I hid a hundred men of the Lord's prophets by fifty in the cave and fed them bread and water? And now thou saith, goeth and tell the Lord, behold, Elijah is here, and he shall slay me. You, you can read all the way through that. This first type of person that we've, everybody is here, there's make their mind up, there's going to have to be the first person we see is a fake man. We find that man over time, his life is full of contradictions. On one hand, he fears the Lord. That is that he says on the other hand, I'm working for Ahab. And I'm working for Ahab and Jezebel. He can't be totally uh, exonerating. He can't totally be uh, condemned. He is a mix of good and evil in his life. He stays close to the line on both sides. He's got the shadow of the both sides in his mind. He's got it both sides. I'm on this side, then I'm on that side. When he comes to Elijah, he fell on his face and said, I am, I am with you. He's telling Elijah, I am on your side, Elijah. But as soon as he goes back to Ahab, he, he's Ahab's governor. Trust me, he's not saying anything about God in Ahab's house. You know why? He would have been killed this morning. 
When he was with Elijah, he was with Elijah. But when he was Ahab, he's with Ahab. You know what he is? He is a typical last day Laodicean lukewarm Christian. You know what Jesus said about that last day Laodicean church? Now thou art neither hot nor cold. You're, you're not really on either side. You have straddled the fence. You're somewhere in the middle. And what the Lord said that confirms what Elijah said, I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. He said, I wished you was hot. Stop being a fake. Stop leading a double life. Stop being with them when you're with them and them when you're with them. Stop being a lot. Vex your neighbor's soul down in Sodom with filthy conversations and wickedness. Stop being a Christian on the inside and being a worldly on the outside. Stop coming to church on Sunday and act like God's everything to you and, and you're running with this crowd on Sunday morning, but we'll turn around on Monday morning, you're following another crowd somewhere else. Stop being a fake Christian this morning. Make your mind up. To all the Christians here this morning, make your mind up this morning. Make your mind up this is not going to be you this morning. I, I'm not going to be Obadiah. I, I'm not going to be one way one day and another way another day. I, I'm going to make my mind up no matter what, what Ahab says about me. I, I'm going with God. Look, look who's calling the shots in his, this man's life. Verse number 8. And he answered him, I am going to tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. Do you know what Lord is? Lord is someone that calls the shots in your life. You see who Obadiah is taking orders from. He's taking orders from a carnal heathen. Make your mind up this morning that you're not going to let the, uh, the world, uh, the carnal things of this world call your shots. Uh, they're not going to tell you how to dress. Uh, they're not going to tell you where to go. Uh, they're not going to tell you what music you're going to listen to. They're not going to tell you how to worship. They're not going to tell you what friends you can have. Make your mind up that you don't care what they say. You're going to serve God. I'm not going to make the, the Lord of my life the little lowercase Lord. I'm going to make the L-O-R-D capital case Lord of my life. He's the God of heaven. He's the Lord of lords. He's the King of kings. That's who's going to call the shots in my life. Look, I don't even call my own shots. He's calling the shots for me this morning. you're going to call your own shots, you're going to wind up in a ditch somewhere this morning. I guarantee you on that. You, you can't be a fake and live on both sides of the Christian life. Just get yourself all the way in. Make your mind up this morning, I'm not going to be a fake Christian. Do you know why Obadiah is not going to let it be clear on which side he is, on what side he's doing? 
When he's around Ahab, he's on, and Jezebel, he's on their side. And you know the reason why he said, hey, I, I got to be on their side? Because it would cost him too much. He's the governor of the house. He, he has money. He has power. He has prestige. It's going to cost him a lot. It's going to cost him his friends. It's going to cost him his position. You know why some people don't come out with a clear stand on who their side they're on? Because it's going to cost them too much. It's going to cost them too much. Make your mind up, no matter what the cost is to live for God. Let me say, it's amazing. It will always cost you something to live for God. There's no such thing as a Christian life that doesn't cost somebody something. That's part of being a Christian. Sacrifice. You're going to have to leave some things behind when you walk with God. But that's okay. That's the walk of faith this morning. It's interesting that he argues over the preachers, preach to him. Elijah said, this is what I want you to do. He said, that's right. Then he starts fussing, fighting him. Why, why do I got to do that? Why, why do you want me to do that? You're just trying to get me in trouble. It just don't make sense to me. Living for God sometimes is not going to make sense for you. Living for God is going to cost you some things. But let me just say this. If living for God don't make sense to you, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Because when you straight Bible preaching comes your way, it's there to get you right with God. Don't argue about when God's word hits you. It's just my opinion. I, I feel that this is the way we should do it. I, 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 it don't make sense, so I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to do that. Hey, if it don't make sense to you and God tells you to do it, just do it anyway. Make your mind up this morning. You're not going to be an Obadiah. I'm not going to be a fake Christian. I'm getting all the way in. I, I'm not worried about what the world says. I, I'm not worried about what my friend says. I'm not even worried about what my family says. I'm getting all in with God this morning. I'm not going to be like Obadiah. So we see the fake Christian in the text this morning. Then we see the failures in the text. Look at verse number 26. They start this challenge. Verse 26, they took the bullocks which was given them and they dressed it and they called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon. Saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor there any answer. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked him. I can, can you see this? <laughs> they, they say, don't mark, don't mark other people's religion. Don't make fun of them. But if it ain't God's stuff, you ought to make fun of them. <laughs> Elijah said, hey, mocked him. Hey, call on him. Get him up. Maybe he slept in. He said, cry aloud, for he, he is, he, if he's God, either he's on taking or he's uh, pursuing or he's in a journey or pre-adventure, he's sleeping. He must walk, awaken. And they cried aloud, and they cut themselves after this manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out of them. And it came to pass, midday was past, 
and they prophesied until the time they offered an evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any answer, nor they regarded. Look, they literally carry on from about 9 o'clock in the morning to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Six hours, they're hollering, they're jumping around, cutting loose, making uh, whipping, all this stuff. They're just getting all cutting themselves and everything. Uh, and they, they're talking about a failure. Make your mind up on which one you're going to be. Which one you're going to listen to. They have a lot of energy. They have a lot of excitement. They have a lot of enthusiasm. And what they're doing, they're, they're excited about it. But it's all due to fail because there's no God in it. There's no God in it. Anytime you put all your energy, all your life exci excitement, uh, all your life's enthusiasm in living for the things of this world, you cannot count on it. It is doomed to fail this morning. I'm trying to get you to make your mind up this morning. I've watched a lot of Christians fall this morning and do that. They fail because of the things they've done. Because they ran and after and put all their effort into the things of this world and God was not in it and they failed. You can't put all your attention and affections into the world things and expect God to be in it. Make up your mind, I'm not going to be a failure when it comes to living for God. I'm not going to keep running around doing the things on my own and acting on my own way. There are so many people that have potential and yet are running around and out there making money and doing this in their life, and doing that and doing this, and yet they're, they're getting nothing done but spinning their wheels. And what it costs them when it's ended up getting in verse 28, they cried and out cut themselves and, I, and all got was blood, sweat, and tears. This is living for the world. They, it doesn't even have as much as they still but small voice. I've watched people come and get blessed by God and start helping out and then get right back out in the world when God starts blessing them. They get to doing their own thing. They just need to make their mind up and plant their feet and live for God. It's not hard to figure out. Live for God because if you don't, it's going to be a big failure in your life this morning. Here's the problem with some Christians. They watch, lo <laughs> they watch lost people. That was Asaph's problem in Psalm 73. If you read Psalm 73, it was Asaph's problem. He was a saved man, if you will. He was a singer at the, uh, the Ark of Covenant. Uh, he lived for God in the days of David. And he said, for I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked... He said, I got to looking at them. I saw what they had. I seen the thing. He said, there, there was no bands on their heads. Uh, their eyes stood out with fatness. They were more heart they could wish for. They, were, they had everything. To, they were doing everything they were wanting to do. And, and they, they living like it. And God would seem to seem like they're being blessed over and over and over. The one problem about that is, you're a Christian and you can't live like that. You can't get away 
we're living like the devil and serve God. Asaph said, I'm going to yoke up with those guys. But the problem, Asaph, you can't do that no more. You, you can't live like that no more. Christian, can I tell you what? You get to looking at the things in this world and seeing what the, Christ, the lost person does, and you get envious, you get jealous. You've got to remind yourself you can't live like that more because they are lost. You are saved this morning. You can't live like that no more. You're saved. You're a child of God. You can't walk that way no more. You start watching them. You, as a Christian, start living after them, running after them. God is going to beat you to the point of death to get your attention, to get you back in the house of God. You're not lost anymore. You're a Christian. You don't act like that. You don't talk like that. You don't go to those places anymore. You don't live that way no more. Make your mind up this morning. There are only three types of people in this text. You've got to make your mind up on which one you're going to be. We see the fakes in the text. and We see the, the failures in the text. But there's another one I want to show you. Verse number 36. Not only there's the fakes and the failures, but there's also the people who stay in the fire. This is Elijah. This is the type of people who hang around the fire. Here we find Elijah gets all the people near him. They repair the altar. They got it broken, that was broken down. We find he digs a trench around the altar and fills it with water three times. Watch what your Bible said in verse number 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. I, I prayed God to you. I, I prayed God to do something around here. I, I prayed God to do something to let them know that you are God, and I am your servant. It's just not me. It's not my ability. It's not my way. It is what you do through me. I prayed that prayer. Lord, God, do something around him. I want God to do something in this place that, it, that we can only say it had to be God. Verse 37, hear me, O Lord. He prays this prayer. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. And thou hast turned their uh, hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. They said, the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. You see what's happening here. This old boy is fired up. This old boy, he's on fire for God. This old boy is living his life in the fire. We say all the time, man, that, 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 that person's on fire for God. That woman's on fire for God. That man's on fire for God. That church is on fire for God. We get in a place right here where we get this, but I found out the, the fire of the Lord can be a blessing or it can be a blistering. 
The fire of the Lord can be sent from confirmation or it can be sent for condemnation. It just depends on your attitude in this morning, how God sends it. I believe, I believe Elijah, when they put, repaired the altar and they put the sacrifice, the wood, the stones around that altar and pulled the water, I, I believe Elijah kneeled right down at that altar, right down, right next to it. And then when the fire from heaven came down, I believe Elijah was right there in the midst of that fire. We find that Elijah went up in a whirlwind and in a chariot of fire. There's something spiritual about this fire. When it's burning up everything around him, but not him. It sounds like Daniel chapter 3. It was burning up everything around him, but the boys were still there. I see Elijah kneeling down at this altar and he's praying. And all of a sudden that fire falls down right where he's at. And it's licking up that water burn up that sacrifice, burn the words and stones. Can I tell you one of the greatest places that Elijah ever got in his life is when he got right in the center of the fire of God. The greatest place you ever get in your life, your Christian walk, is right in the center of the fire of God. I know Baptist people don't think that too much we're being baptized by fire today. I think we just ought to live our life. Let me tell you what. God said you'll be baptized with power and dew from high. God said you'll be baptized in fire. Greatest place you'll ever live your Christian life is in the fire of God. I made my mind up. That's where I want to live at. I realize there's some ups and downs, but this, I'm telling you this morning, I want to live right there in the fire of God. I want to be right there in the fire of the things of God, the Word of God. I don't want to be some old dead Christian this morning. All the time upset about what's going on. They didn't do it my way. They did it that way. Got a pooch slipped out coming through the door all the time. Got a sour face look on the face when he's sitting in the pews. Look around. You see him. They're in church. I, I I want to be on somebody that's on fire for God and shout the praise of God for what God has done for me. I, I don't want to be some dead up, dried up piece of wood. I've made my mind up. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to be in the fire of God. I'm going to shout the fire of God, the glory of God. And maybe some of it might spill on you sometimes. Maybe you might get sunburned. Maybe you might get scorched a little bit. Amen. You got to make your mind up today. You have to make your mind up. These guys hopped around for six hours and nothing happens. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a lot of churches do that. <laughs> they come in, they go to shouting and shooting and all this stuff and everything shouting. And, and God is nowhere there. They're just making a bunch of noise. These guys are hopping around, jumping for six hours. And then they repair the altar, pour water in the trench and the sacrifice. And Elijah comes and prays this simple little prayer. And he knows that's God's going to, he knows God's going to do that. You say, how do you know that he knows God's going to do that? Well, God's done it before. 
He knows God is going to do something. He has done it enough and he has enough of confidence in God. He's living a fired up life because of what he's seen yesterday. Those failures didn't see what Elijah saw. The fates didn't see what Elijah saw. But he sees, he said, I, I know God can do it this morning. I know God can do it. How do you know God can do it, Elijah? Because I remember about three and a half years ago, I was sitting by the brook of Cherub, where God told me to go. I was there, and the ravens brought me steak in the morning and hot butter biscuits. And brought it in the afternoon, ribeyes and hot butter biscuits. God fed me. God gave it to me. How do you know God can supply today, Elijah? Because when God took from that place, he took me to a widow's house. They had nothing but a handful of meal and a little cruise oil. God touched that meal and God touched that oil. And God let us eat and look what helpless, what, what, what was hopeless and let us live the rest of that time. That God touched it. How do you know God's going to send a fire, Elijah? Because that woman's board dropped dead. And when he dropped dead, I woke up and prayed. And God raised that dead boy up. If God did it yesterday, God can do it today. I'm telling you, child of God, you need to make your mind up this morning who you're going to live and where you're going to live at. When you see the hand of God working in your life and what God has done in the past, I've made my mind up. I've seen God good enough yesterday that He continues to do it today. I've made my mind up that crowd. I'm not going with that crowd. I'm not living with that crowd. I'm not walking with that crowd anymore. They see more than fire. They see more than fire. They see rain later in the Bible. This chapter here, they said a great rain came. Fire is not the only sign of power and presence of God. Rain is a sign of the blessings of God. Amen. Amen. How do you, how do you get with that crowd? You, you have to make your mind up. How long halt you between two opinions? Elijah said, if Lord God be God, follow him. If Baal is God, small g, then follow him. But you can't follow both of them. Uh, Christian, let me tell you this morning, you can't live in this world and be a Christian on Sunday. But here's the discouraging fact of the whole thing. I've asked you that question this morning. How, how long halt you between two opinions? How long are you going to be in and out? How long are you going to straddle the fence? When are you going to make your mind up to get all the way in, serve God, walk with God? Turn your back on the world. Too many people turn their back on God and walk with the world. The Bible already told us what the world wants. It's going to be burnt with fever. It's going to be destroyed. You need to make your mind up. But here's the sad story. It's the same, we, same today as it was Elijah's time. Elijah asked, asked the same question to those people today. We could ask the same question. And not a word was answered. Not a word. Not a word. And I say this morning, I'm asking you the same. How long, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? How long are you going to play this in and out, up and down? How long are you going to play that? How, how long are you going to say, well, I get, my, I get a little dab of you, Brill Cream Christian, a little dab of you on Sunday morning. I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it Monday through Friday. I'll do what I want to do, say I want to do, go where I want to. But on Sunday, I'll give it to God. 
You got to make your mind up. I know it's a tough walk. I've had people stand up and say, my walk with, being God, with God has been real easy. That's not right. My walk with God has been hard. It ain't been easy. I, I've traveled some tough roads. I, I've hauled some heavy loads. I, I've been in some fires and I've been in some storms. It ain't easy living for God. But I choose to live for God. I choose to live in the power. I choose to live in the word. I choose to live for God in this world that we live in today. Why? Because I see the rewards that's waiting for me. Got to make your mind up. Stop being wishy-washy. You've got to say, I am going to serve God or serve Baal. The same question Elijah asked the nation of Israel that day is the same question that needs to be asked us that who are you going to serve? Who are you serving today? Is your heart sold out to God? Or you like this thing, you got so much worldly stuff that's still real good in your life that you're not going to let go of it. You're going to have to turn your back on it. You're going to have to let it go. You can't hold on to it. Let us stand.